Nathan. Um, this is the Truth to Power Show. I'm ready for Brooklyn. I'm your host, VJR Nathan. And uh, with us today is the Two Birds Band. Started in 2014, Two, Two Birds Band is a unique strings-based ensemble with the rhythm section that explores the boundaries of violin and cello through different styles of music. Fusing classical tradition and contemporary styles, the band presents a new way of approaching strings with a sound both cultured and groovy. It has been perform performing and teaching clinics in Boston, New York, Toronto, and France. The band released uh, albums First Flight, 2015, For Lack of a Better Word, World, uh, 2016, and String Groover, 2017. So with us is uh, Tony Bird. Say hello. Hey. Hi. Um, thanks, Vijay, for having me. And, and Jason Lee. Say hello. Hey. Hello, hey, everyone. Thank, thank you, you Vijay, for having us. Man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So why don't we start off a little bit about the band, uh, either one you can take it, just uh, or Tony, uh, talking a little bit about the evolution of the band, how it started, and, and uh, um, kind of what its influences. Yeah, well, um, okay, hi. Um, well, um, so this band is actually a really, really old project um, that I've been starting back in France, because I'm from France, maybe you recognize my accent. One reason there is. Yeah, so... Um, Basically, this band, as Vijay's like summarized this, um, has a artistic and social impact uh, on the way of approaching strings and also music in more general ways. We've been starting this band uh, actually in 2008 back in Paris. At this time, the project was called Jungle Ski. It was two violin, cello and drums. And then I I mean I started I started that with uh, uh Gabe Bird, uh who's uh, another violinist who was there before before Jason uh came into the band. Um now he's in LA uh, doing his own career. But you know he's like he's always there with us. Um spiritually, artistically he's there. And so this project started in Paris two thousand eight um, where basically I was with Gabe at the conservatory and we were like, you know, classically tra classically trained uh, and at the same time we were listening to a bunch of different kind of music like going from jazz to contemporary classical music hard rock, uh, Indian music, electronics con like whatever, like a, a lot of things and we just naturally love, you know, like to create together and, you know, um, uh, like bringing out in our composition as maximum thing we've been learning and listening and like doing this big melting pot. And my brother um, at the time was like, you know, starting cello, but he loved like drumming and like doing a lot of things so he became the, the drummer of the band at a really 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 young age so we started that and I added like a cellist who was in my high school um, class and we started like to really form the group and doing the composition things then later um, we got accepted with Gabe the other violinist to Berkeley uh, in 2012 and that's um, where we decided like man we need to continue this project because that's that's really who we are, and that's that's really a thing, a really unique thing, unique thing that we want, you know, to pursue and, and show people, showing the world, and things like this. Um, and so we're like, yeah, how about like creating it, 
and maybe making it like even more funky like i don't know like adding maybe an electric bass and we we're like yeah sure let's let's try it let's try it out so we came out with uh george crody on the cello um evan versbicki on the bass uh, martin my my brother was with me so he was still on drums and i was with him gabe and me we were playing violins and yeah so we rearranged the tunes we were already playing before and doing making it a, a more like like a funkier version in a certain way so we did like four years with this band and now that gabe is like has left jason is coming here with us and bring like a different vibe but that freaking goes well with the band and i'm so 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 happy that this band continues and that he has you know like his own voice to you know to to give to it and making the string revolution happening that's that's what we want i don't yeah. know jason i don't know if you want to say something yeah let jason come in with a little bit of how you got involved in the band and yeah and how, so and what's your background background experiences were right yeah so so i'm from taiwan and Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. So I'm yeah, from yeah. Taiwan, and um, I came to the States for studying for Berkeley College of Music. That's where I met Tony in 2013. I remember I was, I was, I wanted to be like a singer songwriter. I wanted to write songs, but I was classically trained on violin, and my mom is a pianist. So, you know, and I, I was playing classical violin. I got into Berkeley. I didn't have much knowledge about jazz back then. Then I remember. I saw Tony playing the first night. There's like this freshman jam session. Oh, man. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, okay, he plays violin too. I thought I was really good because I was playing classical, you know, like those Ravel, very technical stuff. I saw Tony, I was like, damn. Like he was, he was just jumping on the stage and like expressing his energy and, you know, his vocabulary is solid. And I was like, oh, you don't play violin like that. So that had like, that, that was my first impression of Tony. Yeah. And then we kind of just, did our own thing. I was involved in a lot of microtonal uh, exploration with modern groove and also with some jazz influences. Oh, yeah. Tony was doing his thing, and then but like we would talk together. We would we would, we would um, gather together yeah, and yeah, talk about sometimes. stuff, talk yeah. about theory, talk about you know new ways that we're trying to figure out to play on the violin. So one so, thing I noticed in your performance, I saw was that there's a lot of experimentation and play and a lot of like, uh, it almost seemed to me as the, as the listener that you were kind of having some improvisational um, like uh, circles or you're going through some cycles of improvisational kind of formatting. Can you tell us a little bit about how play comes into your music or if at all or? Yeah, so, yeah. so the, the music for Two Birds Band is more, it's, it, it's pretty, composed yeah so it's not like traditional jazz where you only have the melody and then you improv on oh, wow. this on this we, chord change certain chord yeah, changes and come yeah. back to we melody. can we can sometimes choose to to do it this way but jason is absolutely right on that we have checkpoints yeah so we it's like if we were having like this chamber jazz thing where like you you have things that are pre-written but then sometimes things happening like at on the moment mm. and we decide you know sometimes even we if even if we try to musically stay as close as possible from the chart yeah sometimes uh we decide to go faster at this moment or we decide to add like an extra improv or like or going together in improvisation and that's what makes the magic of of this band as well yeah but yeah mm. we just go there's, sometimes there's yeah but and there's 
there's like um sorry there's there's checkpoints you know like there's main things that are written and sometimes once we pass a certain checkpoint well yeah sometimes we, like, we have like, the basic knowledge of the form yeah and what is quote unquote should happen yeah. but we we just you know adapt to the situation and then improv on that i think a good thing about this band is everyone comes from a jazz tradition too so mm. we know improvisation we have like the basic skills mm. to develop yeah. music and, on on the point and at least a couple of us from classical background as yeah, well so which then. makes it you know and even more than that because there's yeah for example george uh the cellist you know he he plays a lot of arabic uh celtic music mm. and he, you know he he's bringing a lot of things to the band jason he doesn't only play violin he plays piano he plays some bass thing you know like so you know like when that's why when you're hearing soloing you it's like man it's it sounds yeah it's a mix in between like a freaking like alto hard bob sax and like some 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 piano licks like it's crazy man you know yeah it's, it's like, <laughs> i definitely encourage uh, <laughs> listeners to check them out Take you guys out in performance. And maybe I'll play a little bit of uh, yeah. one of the songs from uh, iTunes. They can look up number two, Birds Band. We'll play one of the songs. Do you have a, do you have a sick song like can play the Joker maybe? Or anything else you think that yeah, might illustrate sure. some of your um, yeah, talking well, which points? Which you want to discuss? Uh, Amen Corner? I'll listen to that. So, yeah, Amen Corner is, um, I mean, that, that's another face of two birds. It's, it's a great thing we recorded this tune with uh famous fiddler daryl anger who is in the turtle island string quartet um it's more like acoustic it's more like chamber music oriented if you want to really hear like a two birds yeah this is this one is called le joker <laughs> this one is called joker it's a tribute to jack nicholson in the role of the joker in batman oh cool, cool. the yeah. 1989 version right so what you yeah. what you're hearing this ambient stuff is all made out of violin and cello yeah yeah we play we try to experiment with so, different timber on on the violin yeah. and cello. yeah so this is you know like the joker trying to escape the asylum the asylum and it's like trip on something and the alarm is going on this cello coming in and there's like some honks Honk, from the yeah. car uh, you know nice, and then nice. the chasing is open like then you have the bass coming in with the drums so this bass you find it everywhere and this is the head Yeah, it's very good. I think that it also it seems to tell a story, as you're saying. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's another detail I forgot to, to tell, but yeah. like at this time, um, when we were at Berkeley, uh, Gabe was studying film scoring, uh-huh. and there's a lot of that's another thing that is really important in Two Birds. Film scoring has a huge, huge, huge importance. Um, we love to, you know, like. Uh, on, on, Movie-wise, for example, I love film music, but especially old film music. Everything that is Nino Rota, uh, 
you know, like uh, uh, Ennio Morricone. I, I like also, you know, like Williams, the the, the, the the more contemporary, but the old ones, they they, they have, I don't know, they, they have their own, really own touch. And I, I love that, you know, and I'm trying to be really inspired from that because it's also something I've been listening as a kid, my parents yeah. were like, so yeah. So it's good. And also, we were discussing some of the themes of the show have to do with uh, arts as healing, arts as uh, a way or to access personal truths and truths that we can uh, uh-huh. yeah. empower ourselves. Yeah. So I, I know you have a lot of talking points about kind of how your practice has informed your, um, you know, your healing practice or the, your artistic practice has informed healing. Can you talk a little bit about that or tell us a little bit about how anybody, either one of you, yeah? Do you want? Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like art, um, art is a very good sanctuary in yeah. general because good art is always genuine. Yeah. It comes from a genuine place because in modern society, there's a lot of conditioning and people are trying to live up to the society's expectation. Yeah. And a lot of people are trying to um, define their themselves like we all do right in certain mm. way try to define ourselves yeah. um, uh, from external factor and mm. judgment but then art is always like a very genuine source that you can seek out so let's say when you are really depressed or you think you don't fit in when you listen into music you feel like you are in a different world yeah yeah so that's that's why I feel uh, it's the power of art yeah I think definitely yeah. the, and also it has almost like a biochemical you know, the body kind of responds to those vibrations, those those singing vibrations, those, yeah, those music vibrations, yeah. where you're cell, on a subtle level, we're able to kind of recover from, yeah. uh, you know, periods there, of lulls and there's stuff. A, yeah. there, I mean, there's an interesting documentary that came out uh, like a long time ago with Bobby McFerrin, the singer and like some, uh, how do you call that, uh, neurologists. Um, and they were explaining that, yeah, like, vibration really gets inside of your bones like it's not it's it's the the fact that you're having goosebumps sometimes is because the vibrations some vibrations are really uh, so intense that they go inside of your bones and just like releases like some crazy things you know like I, i'm not i don't know exactly what it is but like it's you know um so yeah as you said it's like a really it, it's a thing that it do exist I, I do believe also that art is always here. Jason was talking about, you know, modern, like, especially Western society where, you know, at a certain age, you are expected to do this kind of thing in this kind of manner. Like, you know, and I think art, of course, is always there to kind of like put us in another perspective, taking distance, and in a certain st- sense, disconstruct a lot of things that we may have subconsciously learned uh, in a maybe maybe bad way I don't know if it's yeah. bad is the exact term just, but uh, yeah. you know and then once we take distance and that art maybe like and most of the time find the solutions for us um, we we rebuild what we thought was right in a better way for us and of course for the society you know so yeah, yeah, yeah that's I also I think that's also a big point about two birds band mm. because the way we're ex- uh, exploring the violin we're trying to explore it in an unorthodox way so 
if you come to my show, if you come to our show, you'll see us play like Jimi Hendrix on like acoustic violin, doing a lot of distortion, different、mm. stuff like not, unique, quote unquote. Yeah, you know, not a lot of pedals. You know, yeah, just, yeah. And then what we're trying to do is really stay authentic to to different style and adapt it、mm. on violin. So that can also be, I'd like to see that as. A, An inspiration to people who come to our show. It's like、yeah. you, if you want to do something, you can you can do something. You don't need to、yeah. you don't know, be told to、yeah. do something. You can just do it and live it and own it.、Yeah. And then yeah, and I think music is also something that can inspire people because when you listen to really good music, you feel like you're in a dream. Yeah, so you're you're in, you're in certain、mm. flow, certain state. You are in certain mindset mindset, and then you forget about what you're dealing with, and you're in that zone. It's like a dream, and dream is what dream really is. Is really unleashing our、uh, creativity, let that out. Because、yeah. when we're living day by day, sometimes you're being very practical. Sometimes you're like looking at how other people see you, and you're living to the expectation, and you forget about your creativity.、Yeah. So I think art can also be inspiration to that.、Mm. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can create. Because, because I mean, we name ourselves the the, the string revolution in a certain way. <laughs> I think we also want from this music to have each and every people in the audience to, I mean, at least help them to create their own personal revolution.、Mm. To and, and and when I say that, it's about understanding、uh, their deep selves. Because you know, in, it even happens in music. Not a lot of people create amazing things, but sometimes they just don't. They just don't go till、um, I don't know. Like they, they, there's always something th-、um, that retains them in a certain way.、Mm. They don't really go for it till so-called the end. Even there's no、yeah. end, but you know, like. Um, and and I think that's that's this revolution that we want to do for all of us.、Um, for I mean, m- m- my personal revolution happened within meditation, but also with the music I compose, and with and through these bands. But you know, like you can create your own personal living revolution, like r- revolution of your of your own being. Yeah, this song is called Chinatown,、so、by、yeah. the way. In like so different way, yeah, Chinatown.、Oh, nice. oh, this、yeah. this is a chill version. Chill version. We、yeah. play it way faster. During、yeah. <laughs> live, it's crazy this song. Yeah, we play live. So now we're listening to some Tubersman Studio. Um, Tubersman Studio and Tubersman Live is two separate worlds. Like, I have a live version. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe put it away with with you, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I think this one is with Gabe. Put、yeah. one with、uh, with you, yeah. But、um, so meanwhile,、um, yes. tell us a little bit about Epos Mastery and how this seems to、oh. be a major、uh, influence on your、uh, balancing of technical skill as well as the creative flair that you bring into the yeah to the violin. Yeah, I mean, man, Effortless Mastery is probably the 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 one book in many years that really created something new in my life. Not just for the book, but. For the guy who wrote it, who had studied with, his name is Kenny Warner. He's a pianist, a jazz pianist, composer,、um, and we were at Berkeley together.、Um, like he's teaching there, he has like this um, um, institute called the Effortless Master Institute. And basically, what is he trying? What he's trying to do to you is 
to rethink your way of practicing your art, your music, and especially your practicing your ego. Because mm. we all have our inner demons that sometimes are unleashed and we don't want that necessarily, but we we're a prey to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a live version. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so what was really interesting was through the books and especially through his lessons practicing on the book I was finding new wave new way of like uh, uh, practicing my music in a really intelligent way and not like psychoting on like two notes and like you know like becoming crazy yeah and what was even more interesting was that up to a certain point uh, where I, I could get this kind of like practicing method and like almost like nailing most of the thing I was practicing effortlessly I it had an impact physiologically on my being yeah which was which is going way further than just like you know a simple book where you have to learn music this, this kind of certain way like oh you know like it and in, in, in that way like Kenny Warner is really a, he, he's a master you know like um I got excellent teachers. I still have excellent teachers. Like, people around me are excellent teachers. I learn every day from a lot of people. But there's people that are my masters. They're people that, because they, in, in addition of telling me, like, uh, giving me good advices in my artistry and my practice and a lot of things, they taught me, they're teaching me about life. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, you were talking a little bit about how um, the, uh, the technical and you know mastering the instrument is one thing but also marrying it with the vision for you know what you want to where you want to bring the instrument you know where you want to bring the music as your artistic vision how they're balancing that and trying to just restate what, what I'm hearing you say and making yeah. the effortless you know like trying to like only work on technical skill I'm just kind of restating yeah. what I understood so you know I was working on just technical you know but you're also you're marrying with the idea of like um, having a vision for where it can go. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, yeah, it's it's great to have a vision and like to envision and having a certain mindset to where you want to go. But at the same time, you don't want to get your because your mind can be your worst enemy. They, that's yeah. the the thing that can tricks you. You know, like because it, in 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 your everyday life, when you when you practice, when you suddenly uh, get angry at something, you you your mind cuts you. Um, and special and and of course your inner demon um, e enjoy the fact that your mind tricks you and goes out. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm calling it a demon. It's kind of like m metaphysical, but it's just yeah. something. You know, yeah, that, the, that delusion. The, sometimes yes. you call it. Uh, yes, or yes. 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 Yeah. Mm. yeah so. Really yeah. Yeah. I, I I think that is it's so like in spiritual study. There's oh you can turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. There's like there's like you know vibration different kind of vibration right yeah. high vibration energy low vibration mm -hmm. energy low vibration energy meaning you're getting into your ego yeah. you are think you are in a victim mindset you think you have to compete to prove yeah. something yeah. high vibration is more mm. giving more loving more togetherness I feel like when I'm practicing I really see that also subconsciously I really feel that that is like a spiritual practice too. Because yeah. when you want to learn something, you can't force it. 
you cannot force it. This is like release muscle and control, right? When you are in control, when you are not in your head, keep thinking about logical stuff, you learn it faster. You learn it faster. But then you also have have to have like a vision, like a direction for you to go. Exactly. It's like it's like you are dreaming but not. It's yeah. like you're dream. It's like light trends. You're it's, like dreaming but not. It's like. You don't have expectation. You have goals. Yes, yeah. you know right. what I mean. So yeah. it's different. Yeah, yeah, and then you yeah. enjoy the journey. If you, ex- I feel like practice is also exploration. Because mm. when we are practice, we have like, uh, we have a direction, but yeah. we don't really have like a set direction. Oh, I have to. Of course, that's part of the deal. But then, while you are practicing, you are exploring something new. You are exploring. You are. You are. You know yourself better, mm. and you are exploring mm. yourself and music. At the same time, yeah, I think that also. Uh, I know Tony was saying about Fellini films and Dali and the artistic uh, visions of these directors and artists as being like uh, part and parcel of the the vision you have for um, for music being like or the influencing factors. Tell us a little bit about how other arts have and brought in or either one Great. of you. Do, do, do you want to start with that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so artists. Yeah. Uh, other artists. So, or other so when, arts. when when I'm yeah. when I'm writing music, that's what I find. Yeah. When when I'm thinking about how good this music should be, and thinking about all the techniques that I need to use, mm. I cannot write. Yeah. I can't yeah. write. the The only time I write and I feel like. I'm really creating something beautiful. Is when I'm really not thinking, but yeah. I have a direction. I have direction. Oh, I want this kind of vibe. I'm mm. just experimenting with it yeah. without without thinking. So I think great artists like that a lot of time. Like when you see Dali, those um, surreal kind of yeah. vision. Yeah. Like he could he. I I don't I don't know Dali personally, so I can't speak for him. Yeah. But I don't think he was logically thinking about every detail. Yeah. Before he painted. Yeah. I don't think he was like Which okay. Is, let's put this color here and plan to do yeah. this yeah. here. He has a direction. Probably has a direction. Okay, I want to do clock. I want to use this concept so then people can see yeah. what my concept is. But then I I think he was exploring as well as, as it goes. Mm. It's like when you look at Beethoven's uh, composition, like his original score, he was it it was a mess. So he kept like correct correcting correcting his writing. It was not like. I think in, that's in the most hi- beautiful, actually. Yeah, when yeah. you see all the draft and yeah, you see all the draft. I think there was one guy in musical history who just wrote everything once. Yeah. that was Mozart. I think like Mozart's draft Eventually, was like eventually was sure. like one one shot. He just wrote it and that was it. But usually, com- composer, you know, they do a lot of draft and they, cause it, cause you are exploring, right? So then, so then your conscious mind is telling you that. Your subconscious mind is just flowing and just exploring a lot of different ideas, and your conscious mind can filter it a little bit after yeah. the fact. Like, okay, cool, okay, so this, okay, let me go to this direction, so I yeah. collect those ideas together. Mm. Yeah, so I it's like a balance. Plan, I think also when we plan things and we have really like a top-heavy version of the uh, thing, uh, uh, we, we kind of are comfortable, you know, we're comfortable in our scheduling and our in our um, in our planning. Yeah. But then when we we give up that comfort for the idea of A higher goal of artistic vision. That's you know? it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that so that's a balance. Yeah. That's a, so that's why a lot of I th- I think that happens usually. A lot of artists come out really strong, yeah. and they get really successful. And yeah. the third fourth record kind of is not as good as the first or the second one. Yeah, it's because then you get when you get success and you get attached to like oh speed and quality and yeah. then you want to live up to that ego. You, yeah. yeah, and once again you get attached. 
the detachment is yeah in a certain way in a certain way like uh, the key to a an amazing creation um i remember like well i'm still gonna talk about kenny warner at, at this point but like um there was each time we were practicing something he was like so what do you have for me today i was like i have this little line it's really complicated like you know like um uh, it's really virtuosic and each time I don't, I don't i don't nail the notes like i don't know what the what the whatever uh-huh. <laughs> as, 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 you know uh, what the heck is happening it was like yeah because y- you're not trying less <laughs> that's right so he, that's right. so he was like um he was hard. he was making me practicing the line the same line in so many different ways starting from so many different points and each time i was doing something it was like I can see it in your face. Your mind is driving you. Try less. Yeah. And then he was like, try less. And again, try less. And he was m- putting me into this. But before doing that, of course, we were going through a certain meditative um, state, what is calling entering the space. You can call it in whatever the thing, you know, the thing you want. Basically, it's really focused on the breathing, breathing in, breathing out. And like... Uh, fixing something on the wall and then once you feel you enter the space you take your instrument like if it was i don't know uh like the sticker that is on the table you know you're not gonna take a sticker on the table like but i have to take the sticker really yeah, well yeah well you focus yeah. on you know, it you messed exactly. up yeah, yeah. you focus you know, too much on it yeah exactly and and yeah. what's so it's the same thing for an instrument the thing is that our mind tricks us according to you know like uh and 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 just doesn't make this detachment, this artistic detachment, possible. Yeah. One thing I would say so, is that I think I, I, I get the sense that what you're saying is that uh, you know also the the idea, the philosophy that we're not the doer, we're not the actor, we're not the uh, performer. That we're actually channeling mm-hmm. uh, energies and we're channeling larger powers or larger yeah. energies through yeah. us. So like the, we're more of the instrument. I mean, our, as far as our body and mind goes, we're like the instrument that's actually channeling these larger do you believe that or do you feel like that resonates with you i feel like it's uh for me it's like uh surrendering to a higher power yeah exactly so you have is to, part of it yeah, yeah because you can be yeah. in a competitive frame yeah. i mean that can be a motivation mm. but that shouldn't be art itself yeah you can be competitive but in a motive motivational way it's mm. like okay i have put in put that competitiveness in your work for the greater good of the good yeah, yeah. yeah. right and <laughs> but when, when you are composing you have but, to yeah Surrender to the higher Just power, as a game yeah. and you release, and exactly. then you release all the muscle, and yeah. you really is a sponge, and yeah. and then you have a lot and of. Yeah. There is nothing bad at just trying less and surrender in things to make it effortless. What is actually like hard for the brain, for the mind, for the ego in whatever technical practice or artistic practice is just to to not surrender, to just embrace and accept the fact that we are not mastering something there it's it's okay you know like you you're breathing uh you're eating you you're having friends you know <laughs> it's like but yeah i mean we we're putting so much pressure and I'm, i mean I've, I've been through this for so long and i'm still working on that Nowadays, and I think it's a—it's actually a life process, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was going to say about education and such, and how you, as you grow up, we talked a little bit about this about how um, 
you know, education sometimes is thought of in terms of like information, being right. equipped with information, but then we have to get to the point where we're able to kind of draw from that, um, the appropriate information or the appropriate knowledge uh, to be able to master something and not put so much emphasis on, you know, um, uh, well, what do you think of between information or do you think of like the digital age and all this information is available on the tips of our fingers, but we want to be able to master it in a knowledge-based or wisdom-based even uh, way. So we're able to get past that, well, it seems like. Um, I do feel that, well, technology, the, the, fa the fact of like being able to access so many information within like such a short time, it's great. But the, the only issue is because we can access that, it's a short-term memory thing. Mm. So you're learning on the instant, but then you forget about it because you, you actually know that you can come back to it. Yeah. So yeah. You're, not, you're not really bringing it to the heart center. I think, I think that, the that a, a good way is to always think from mastering the foundation first. Yeah. Foundation. So, so, so then you have a clear path. Yeah. And all this information, because nowadays, very impulsive. Everything is like in a snap. Yeah. Right? You got to get, oh, 30 minutes Instagram, uh, 15 seconds Instagram story. Mm. You have to yeah. show, you have to flex yeah. your technique in 15 seconds. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, this lick is so cool. This composition is so cool. Those, you know, uh, mm. sets of words, or this sentence is so cool. This picture is so cool. Yeah. Like, it's always like that. And then people are missing, and then people are, and that becomes the reality. So that's the dangerous part, because mm. if that's a reality, where's the foundation? You know, you're wobbly. You don't know where you're at. So mm. I think that can be very beneficial, you know, all this little information, if your foundation is very solid, and then you know where, where you're going. Mm -hmm. And then you collect those to add up. It's like decoration. Yeah. And also yeah. add, add up to your foundation. So yeah. foundation is very important. So definitely, I think that I agree. I completely agree that we have to have the base knowledge, yes. the base wisdom, base of knowledge course. of information. And from there, we can build up to create uh, and discover our personal truth yeah, our, and right. the truth of our communities it's, and all these kinds of stuff. It, yeah, it's that's, a, it, that's interesting what you said because like, it's something that we've been, I think, for, I don't know, centuries, millennium, maybe, I don't know, like uh, trapped into as well. Um, we cr always create faster and better than we can master. So, I mean, check, uh, I don't know, like, if it wasn't tech high technology in our days, religion, um, you know, uh, it, it can be whatever, uh, war, whatever thing that actually may, uh, symbolism, politics, a, a lot of things that may... Um, like, how want to say that? Um, like, that may put us away from our inner self. Yeah. And like, really medita meditating towards ourselves. Actually, I think that's something we're just creating. You know, like. Yeah. Um, I think I see what you're saying. Like, you know, it's like, uh, like. I think you're saying about the authority of these these uh, institutions. They seem to um, want to supplant. Or return to the source. Is that what you kind of going for? Or yes. Yeah. Yes. So we well, it's kind of, of a subconscious way of like avoiding to 
go back to the actual deeper yeah. source and question that we don't want to know about because yeah. because it's too scary yeah yeah because <laughs> uh, because time and money is always the main concern of us yeah. for us right so yeah. if someone comes up to you and says oh i can give you this set of knowledge it's really cool yeah. it's really fascinating it's really cool it's slick it's really cool if you get get those you'll be badass yeah. and then you can play this on gigs and then uh-huh. you can get money and it saves your time because I collect those together. And you'll be like, yes, I want that. So that's we, it. Yeah. So yeah. We, we prefer like to, to go quick, you know, and create quick things. Societies like this. We, we create societies, politics, parties, symbols way before just like sitting down and like, hold on, a society is made of like different, like a lot of individuals. How could we create a balanced society with a lot of individuals. Well, yeah. if we create a balance within ourselves first, helping each other first, um, or at least like learn from someone that is really wise and have a lot of you know uh, distance towards things, then after that, if you're your own master, you can create a society it where it becomes easier. Everyone yeah. actually become its own master, yeah. but it's not necessarily an anarchy. Because because you you are your own master, you know you 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 know how to take distance over yourself, and you respect the person that is next to you. So you don't need laws. I mean, you, you may need a law, but like you don't need to have a certain police or you know something like create politics parties. You don't need to hide behind a god or something like. This. I mean, the spiritual the spirituality Less, yeah. aspect of religion is great, but the dogma of it. Yeah, you know, like yeah. So yeah, so that's what I feel about music too. Is yeah. what Tony was saying. Um, the foundation. If you get a lot of fundamental things set, you know, it's taken care mm. of. Other mm. things come really easy. Yeah. Like, for example, for for us musicians, if you really train your ear, and then you train your ear, and then train the range of what you can hear, and also be creative as a person, as a musician, mm. you learn things faster. It's like yeah. when, when, like when, mm. when we practice jazz, right? We have to pra- practice the vocabulary from the tradition in order to impro- improvise, improvise in that set of music, um, in that realm. And then a lot of people come up and just like trying to learn a lot of licks, a lot of you know phrases that people play. It's good. I'm but the first then, one to be trapped in that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, we all do. Yeah. But, but then, but then I later on realized, oh, why don't I just you know, enhance myself as a musician, my, my creativity, my, my list, my year, that I, the possibility that I can, that I can uh, potentially figure out with my years, mm-hmm. you know, and then I just learn it so fast mm-hmm. after that, mm-hmm. you know, those phrases come up to me, I can listen to once, twice and I get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So i i I think mastering the fun, fundamental foundation is really important. Mm. And you're able to bring or draw from various, um, kind of schools of thought in music, I mean. Uh, so you're able to, genres and such. So you're able to draw from this, then you're able to get a vocabulary from, when you have that base understanding of what I'm understanding, right. what you're saying, we have the base, basic idea of being able to listen and hear various ranges and various kinds of um, distinctive qualities of d- different genres. Right. Then you're able to f- kind of fuse them or, or bring them together, would you say? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's easier for you to see yeah. the possibility because yeah. your selected focus is on the creative side. You're not yeah. blocking yourself. Yeah. 
you know, I have to learn this lick so then I can be cool. I can yeah. be, you know, you know, you broke down everything beforehand. Okay, music is about it's about frequency, it's about time, it's about you know, blah 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 that's blah. What, and you learn yeah. aspect, and then you build the muscle first. That's that, yeah. that's what I'm. You know, you was talking about the lick thing and kind of the automatism, automaticism in in music that yeah sometimes tend to kill a little bit the. Um, the surprise and the art within it, um, but there's there's this thing, there's this thing I recently found out when I want to practice my jazz or whatever. I'm, I love to, you know, for example, compose a solo on on a tune. You know, I don't know, like autumn leaves. I think everyone pretty much knows autumn leaves. Whatever, you know. So um, on this. Um, what I like to do is either transcribe a solo from like, you know, a great master or composing one. Then I'm learning it, you know, like my fingers, whatever. And then what I love to do is taking this thing back so I can, I, I learn a lot of, it, just like a language, like it's a vocabulary, like any, any music. So you need to learn some vocabulary thing um, to, you know, like just to expand your, your knowledge in this music and music in general. But what is interesting is that once you are done with that, you can take back this solo you've been doing and rewriting it on another tune, but, the, but trying, trying to basically stay as much as possible uh, in the same form as the, the, the solo you've been previously writing. What is really interesting is that the thing you've already been writing and learning you learn them, them in a different way. So you rediscover something you've been learning. Yeah. And this helps you out not to have automatism. Okay, we play autumn leaves. Okay, I'm going to play this solo thing. Or like, I'm going to play this lick at this point. You know, yeah. because you would have mastered this one, first one thing you've been writing and then rediscover it in a different way. Yeah. So your mind... Like in, in, in your soul and even your tactile memory and, and your fingers and everything, your musical, like expand. So this little knowledge of this little solo you've been composing can become part, every single detail, can, detail of it can, part, can be part of your language and you can transform everything for whatever music, in whatever musical context. Yeah. Yeah. It's you like, know? I feel like, if I can add on that, is a, a musical phrase, right? You can interpret, in, interpretate in the in various different ways, mm-hmm. right? And it's also about pushing your comfort zone, and make and uh, make your mind learn that it's actually possible. Yeah. You know, to put this, you know, the melody for this tune on this, on this, on this other tune, mm-hmm. and yeah. make it work. Yeah, when you understand the uh, when I'm, when I'm understanding what you're saying is that when you understand the underlying structures at play, that you can then break down to the building blocks and reformat it in yeah, a way what, that what still works. What yeah. Antoine was saying yeah. that is that he he transcribed, meaning you listen to the track and then you learn the melody that the yeah. the, yeah, the but, person is playing. But then I'm redo- like I'm his, his rediscovering it yeah. yeah. by, by putting putting the that melody yeah. onto other tunes. Yeah, yeah exactly. or all the yeah. context. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you exactly. out of the context and then you yeah. figure out a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So then the ear the ear of the listener will resonate with the what works in the first, you know, in the original 
it'll resonate with their you know ears and their listening capacity. So they'll they'll you get at the heart of what worked in the first things so you're able to then have like an echo effect. I, I think that's like yeah. a subjective judgment. Yeah. Uh-huh. But but the main thing is exploring the possibility. Yeah, exploring the possibility. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool, cool. Not to be so limited. Why don't we take music. one more song uh, as we start to? Of course. Uh, and then we can dissect it a little bit. Why don't you play? Why don't you select another song and we can kind of may, maybe something you think has a as a good thing for well, you to talk notes, a bit about. Good footnotes. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. This called, this tune is called footnotes. Yeah. Because you see, it's like when you bump on something. Uh, oh. You burned yeah. on something and, and yeah, 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 into something, and you, you kind of felt. But like this kind of funky thing, yeah. it's kind of like chamber rebel mixed some with mixed with some James Brown, snarky puppy. I don't <laughs> know, call it call it what you want. Yeah, <laughs> it's two birds, man. You know, like um, so. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely very fun. I, I get a sense of that uh, playfulness as well that you're oh, able yeah. to find that, that uh, great. Thanks. We love to play. Yeah. We are yeah. players. What's players. a player? What's a player? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking a little bit also about uh, some of the questions we were asking before was about um, like if you could align yourself, if everything was aligned in the world, uh, what would it look like and, and what would be your utopia? I'm obviously following from what we were saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. So continuing on what we were saying. Oh, yeah. this, is, this is a very good question, but yeah, it's very difficult too. Cause yeah. <laughs> you know, we're in reality and <laughs> there's yeah, a yeah. lot of messed up part, exactly, <laughs> but there's exactly, a lot of good yeah. part too. Uh, utopia. I I think it'll be better if people uh people get together more. Yeah. And and because you know we all especially in New York City like it's a big city so everyone has this defensive mechanism default. I mean that's just human nature. But you know if we take more time recognize ourselves and the society and where we were from. Yeah. You know, our all our ancestors were in the same tribe. You know, we all came from the same place. Like we're all human beings. We try to we try to live on this planet Earth. Yeah. And you know, t- togetherness and really get this going for a better future. Yeah. So if we can all all you know take time and recognize that, I think the world can be a little better. Yeah. 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 I yeah. I I do believe that. Utopia. I don't. I don't like the word of utopia because utopia is what we're creating for ourselves. Because if we say that something is an utopia, this is because we just don't want to do it. Yeah. But I mean, of course, there's physical thing. Uh, I cannot jump to the moon. Okay. Yes. Uh, no. I, it's physically impossible. But you know. Uh, changing a political system. 
you know, not having like, I don't know, the, the rich getting richer or the poor getting poorer, for example, there's, there's definitely a way of doing it. Up to the moment where people don't um, kind of like, uh, how am I going to say that, like um, uh, confuse security and freedom, everything's going to be fine. Comfort and freedom, especially. Yeah, Comfort yeah. and freedom. Because, you know, like, everyone wants freedom, but up to say, I mean, you know, like, there's the great Wi-Fi TV and, mm. like, you know, uh, <laughs> I... I think it, it's really up to ourselves, and I mean, as all the things we've been talking, uh, like for for the rest of the time, like um, about to first, like really meditating on on ourselves. It's it, it should be it should be a daily <laughs> a daily thing for for everyone. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to impose something, but it's just you know. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't we go to some stories? Why don't yeah. we tell each tell a story of something? Uh, some moment or teaching moment or either a teacher or a teaching moment that really helped uh, you align with this path or this philosophy or this approach. Yeah. This way okay. Yeah. So, so I yeah. say, I say sometimes when you go to a concert yeah. and you feel like everyone is on the same, on the same boat, everyone is just nodding their head in the same tempo. Yeah. The same, they feel the same emotion. And you don't see that when you go by your daily life. Everyone has mm. different emotions. Yeah. You go to work, people are angry. Some people are trying to be egotistical. Some people are judgmental. Some people are very happy. And sometimes you're down. You know, you don't feel like the balance. But then when you go into a concert and there's some point, that's some place, everyone's just like, oh, you know, like they're not mm-hmm. in their head in the same tempo and feeling the same emotion. I feel like if we can have more of that, in the society will be good because not you know we are very small like human being each individual but if you feel like there are people who are supporting you you know there are other people who are with you and you're on the same boat it can helps you and it makes yeah. you feel you're yeah. supported yeah because yeah. essentially we're a tribal animal you right we we have to be together because nature is too dangerous yeah. we can live without ourselves mm. like in modern society as well that's in our subconscious mind right togetherness mm. so i feel some concert moment can remind me that mm. i think it's beautiful i think that's what two birds do too like well yeah. when a lot of time when we that's what we try to do but i also see see when people that's, are feeling yeah, the same then, emotion then, then, like. yeah exactly then it's really up to uh, how we we're proceeding to get the people in that and how they they're proceeding to like giving back to I, us. I think the realness, the realness that yeah, we yeah. give out, that can, yeah. can you know. Sometimes it deconcerts people. Sometimes it amazes people, and it's 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 amazing. I mean, on like as a story, have um, it's just a musical story, but like the way, for example, like I don't know, like I, I discovered um, specific um, sound I'm doing. I call acoustic distortion on mm-hmm. the violin. Um, I'm a big fan of Jimi Hendrix. I've been listening to him for a lot of years, and including today, actually. Um, and what uh, what was really interesting, one of the craziest days of my life was when I was actually practicing a piece for an, an exam, a classical contemporary piece. So, you know, in, in this kind of music, you, you, you have to, to play um, with a lot of tim- different timbers and really weird techniques. And what was really interesting was 
that up to some point I was like so uh, you know like frustrated like trying to get the perfect kind of thing that my teacher was asking me to do whatever then I was like okay cool I need, I need to take a break and then I went to listen to Hendrix and uh, and then I was like okay I need to come like, listen like a couple of tunes and I was like okay I need to come back practicing and I went back in front of my machine and I was like trying to play something I was like no man I cannot so I was like and I, I, I was like, yeah, just like starting, like enjoying, like trying to play some voodoo child, you know, like a foxy lady by Jimi Hendrix, you know. And what was really interesting was that because I was so into the contemporary piece I was playing with specific effects, when once I played, I, just for fun, the Hendrix thing, I accidentally mixed both of them and that's how I found uh, this kind of like distortion thing mm. that after that you know um, uh, worked more and more to to go to go and like try to find the the limits and I know that I, I never will find the limits of this it's, it's limitless but um, I, I just wanted to tell this story just to say that you know there's way more things that are related that we may think yeah. Um, in uh, happy accidents and how experimentation. Yes, and, and accidents yeah. in life. Yeah, it's always relating with expectations. Yeah, accidents in life it can be bad. Sometimes yeah. can be really bad. Yeah. But surprisingly, if we're not thinking too much about them, mm. amazing things are happening. Yeah. It's weird, right? That's like, I think when we start to like preconceive where we start to have expectations we start to build up we start to think that we are in control mm. then that's where the things spiral a lot of times mm. you know mm. and i think with art and with life you know we try to think that we are you know we, we know what's going on <laughs> you know as you're saying the happy accidents definitely uh improving i just want to make a couple of quick shout outs before we start to close out uh ready for brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. So to help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radioforbrooklyn.org slash donate, or you can go to radioforbrooklyn.org slash truth to power, truth to power, and uh, sponsor this individual show or sponsor any, any of the shows on, on uh, Radio for Brooklyn. Every sound helps us continue to stay on air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax deductible to the folks sent to the law. Um, Radio Brooklyn is part of an after-school program for local teenagers designed to learn media literacy through media making using a hands-on approach guided by local professionals. If you're interested in participating or donating to this program, please go to readyforbrooklyn.org slash teen squad. Uh, yeah, teen squad. Um, also, if you're listening to Radio for Brooklyn on the computer, you should free yourself up with the mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the app stores and Google Play stores. Um, also, be sure to subscribe to Radio for Brooklyn's monthly newsletter for the latest news about news programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at radioforbrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Um, I just want to say uh, Radio for Brooklyn is, uh, this is the Truth to Power show on Radio for Brooklyn. We normally air on Mondays at 8 in the morning, so hopefully you'll listen in uh, this coming Monday. And, uh, and, and we'll be um, hitting episode 80 on this Monday. 
And thank you so much, Tubers Band, Jason and Tony. Major, thank, thank you, you man. Much. Last yeah. last pitches for any uh, performances you're doing co coming up, or where they can follow you on Instagram or anything. Well, yeah, you can definitely follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Tubers Band. So number two, not T W, not T yeah. T W, number two, birds, um, like the birds, and <laughs> and birds, 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 and, and bands. Band. Yeah. So you can one word. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. We have uh, a, a website, tubersband.com. We do have uh, a um, Spotify page that you, you, where you can check our music. And Bandcamps. Yeah, we have Bandcamps. You can buy the album on Bandcamps. Um, and also, yes, yeah, so we have a date... On scheduled on October twenty fifth. Yes, Williamsburg um, Music Center at the Williamsburg Music Center. And th there will be other gigs that we're playing. It's on yeah. our website, mm -hmm. tubersband.com. Yeah. yeah. So you so. stay in tune. Uh, just can I can I do something real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's over. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, cool. that's it. We have about like a minute or so before we have to uh, hand over, but I just want I just want to ask you guys. Uh, we were talking a little bit about concerts and such, and most influential concert in your thinking, or the individual concert. I think Jason was starting to say uh, uh, generically at concerts, but was there one particular concert that really was like a life changing for you, or uh, that? I mean, every musician? every every concert we play is yeah. pretty inspiring to me because. Mm. After we played, you know, people came up to us yeah. and with real joy, we can see it, yeah. right? And then with just happiness and came up to us and said, oh, I feel like, you know, people would tell me that they would say, I feel like I'm in the band too. It's not like, that's, we're, man, we're, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, they would say, Love I that. feel like I'm in the band. We are, we're all part of it. We're yeah, all performing. It's not like you guys are the performer and we're just yeah. the audience watching. Each we're all together. Yeah. And that's really inspiring to me. But uh, but a lot of time is attending others' concert, and then you feel like oh, everyone is really in the same vibe, like in the same vibration and like uh, the same emotion and feeling feeling it. Yeah. yeah thank you. Thank you. Yeah, every concert. So great. And Tony, do you have any uh, particular uh, being a listener to another person's uh, concert, being a uh, audience oh, member? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you mean me as an audience? Audience member. Yeah, listening to another person what? play that uh, really brought you to. Uh, like a zen place or something like yeah well it, it really do depends on the music i'm listening to but um yeah i mean you know it's uh yeah um yeah when when yeah when the band as jason said like when the band like really carries you almost on stage with them mm -hmm. it's crazy i i got uh this with uh lettuce one time which is this amazing funk band um, it was we were in Paris and they 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 did this insane concert um, where yeah it was I, I got this also with like some I don't know like some country punk band as well yeah. um, some really unexpected music kind of things but like you know it, it was it, it was yeah it was amazing right, thanks so much yeah. guys thank you thank you Vijay thank, thank you, you very much the invitation oh, right, take care hope to see you soon Joe Radio Free Brooklyn no uh, oh. Well, don't you listen All to right. the show, The Next Best Thing? No. Okay. Well, will you check it out this Monday?